Yeah, as somebody who has struggled with anxiety in the past, what I have found is the best antidote for anxiety. I think it works better than anything else. The best antidote for anxiety is action. Get up, do anything, but action, it's just the best antidote for anxiety. You're listening to The Brands That Book Show, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs who want practical tips and strategies for building engaging brands, crafting high converting websites, and creating reliable lead generation systems for their businesses. I'm your host, Davey Jones, co-founder of two agencies, a brand and website design agency, Davey and Krista, and the digital advertising agency, Till Agency. And I ask questions so you can find answers. Throughout our business, we've always made it a point to invest in education. Whether it be through courses or mentors or coaches, we've just always valued learning new skills. But if I could go back in time, I think that the very first thing I would invest in would be mindset coaching. What I've come to realize over the course of the last few years is that one's mindset really is what creates the ceiling of what one's able to achieve. And fortunately, I've been introduced to a lot of different resources, both in the way of people and programs, that focus on just that. In today's episode, Chris and I are talking about some of the mindset shifts that we've made in our business throughout the last year in particular, and some of the resources that have helped us make those shifts. I've always been a bit skeptical of mindset content, and this is something that I've mentioned in past episodes of the podcast, but these past few years have taught me how focusing on my mindset is just as important as focusing on my physical health. The added bonus of many of these activities and resources is that they have been great for Krista and my relationship, and it's really just been fun to go through these activities together. As always, links and resources can be found in the show notes. Check them out at davianchrista.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review over at Apple Podcasts. And speaking of resources, our friend and mindset coach, Brad Bizjack, is hosting a five-day free challenge that helps people rewire their minds for six and seven figure success. Check out the show notes for a link. It's completely free to sign up and it's gonna be full, I'm sure, of great content. We've actually gone through Brad's course and it's been amazing. Now, on to the episode. All right, honestly, I'm, I'm pretty skeptical of mindset talk. And yeah, we're doing a podcast episode yes, on it today. <laughs> yes, and I'm excited to record it. And, and I'm not really skeptical of mindset. I'm, you know, I believe that mindset matters. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to say that at the outset. So I'm not really skeptical of it because I don't think it's important, but I, I just think there's a lot of bad information out there. Right. So, you know, for instance, I see a lot on Instagram about manifesting. I, I don't believe in manifesting. I believe in prayer. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in manifesting. I think there's some people who've tried to convince me that manifesting is just about the same thing as prayer. Right. And I just really don't think they understand what prayer is. That might be a hot take. Well, anyways, that's probably (laughs) for another podcast episode on maybe a different podcast. But I'm excited to record this episode, truly, uh, because I think that focusing on mindset, and I think this is a project that both of us have taken on in the last year. And I think it's been really fun to do it together, Mm -hmm. even though it was, I think, maybe challenging at times in the beginning. Yeah, I feel like we're opposite in a lot of ways in terms of our mindset and the ways that we need help. Yeah, and I think to a certain extent, the ways that we balance each other out are really good and have been really helpful for us throughout business. Mm -hmm. But it's been really fun to come together and talk through, uh, you know, some things. You know, different limiting beliefs that we each have, 
you know, talk about why maybe those limiting beliefs give us anxiety or they exist to begin with. Anyways, that's been a really fun process. And, you know, just to give everybody a little bit of background, I won't spend much time here because I talked about this on the podcast before. Basically, you know, I'd say some, sometime around 2021, I found myself in a big season of burnout or coming out of a big season of burnout. Mm-hmm. And I think as a result of that burnout, I was talking to a friend and a friend recommended that I reach out to Andy Maurer. Mm-hmm. Andy Maurer runs a business called Pursue Whole. He's an executive coach, but he's a background in counseling. He's a, he's also been to seminary, I think, as well. And he's been on the podcast before, so we'll include a link to that to yeah. listen. Awesome guy. And I ended up meeting with him. I think I met with him for what, like six months? I think that's right. Yeah. So something like six months of meeting with him, and it was awesome. I just got a lot out of it. I love his approach. It's very holistic. It takes a look at the whole person, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think for me specifically in that, you know, I'm a person that has a lot of feelings, as you know, (laughs) right? Yeah. I think there's some friends that would listen to this as well and and probably have a similar reaction. Right. And so I think for me, sometimes like some of those feelings, and I don't know if this is something that I think this is probably something that other guys struggle with as well, but I I sort of think to myself that I shouldn't be feeling a certain way, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, you know, I try to, you know, push it down or hide it or whatever. Right. And then, you know, it manifests itself in probably some sort of emotion that's not as healthy. Right. right? So anyways, without getting too much into that, I just liked his approach, you know, his help in helping me work through those things Mm -hmm. uh, specifically. And I really, I really think a lot of that, it just set me down this path of really focusing on my mindset and my emotional health, because my physical health is something that I feel like I've always really, certainly in adulthood, taken seriously and focused a lot on. Right. And I I would say that prior to meeting with Andy, you had really questioned whether counseling could work for you. But I think he really opened your mind up to that, like it can work for you. And that this is also something that you can work on and that you weren't just stuck in the thought patterns that you had had for a long time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, without going into too much backstory, I didn't think that counseling, you know, might not work for me because I'd never tried it before. Right. It's because I have a extensive background <laughs> <laughs> with counseling. And just to be clear too, what, what Andy offers now is executive coaching. So it wasn't mm-hmm. counseling that I was doing with him specifically. I do think that his background as a counselor really helped me like in particular, right? you know? So anyways, fast forward, it sends me, it sends me like, I guess into 22 going into 23, mm-hmm. right? 2022 going into 2023. And we've been meeting with a mentor, at least that's what I'll call her. All a right? mentor? Yeah, a mentor. <laughs> <laughs> another a, counselor, she's another like, counselor. She's actually a therapist, but she's yeah. like a grandmother and she has 12 children and she also runs a business. And so I think that's why she feels like a mentor. Oh, she, she's so great. She gives us a lot of like like advice. And so I think that's why you make her a mentor, even though she's actually a therapist or yeah, psychologist, yeah. whatever she is. it's been really good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just been really good. There's been so many blessings, I think, that have come out of that. You know, I think it's been good for us relationally. It's been good for us individually. And I've just learned, I feel like so much you know, throughout our time meeting with her. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I think that this launched me into uh, this past summer, sort of like really, really looking at my mindset and my emotional state, you know, things like that Mm -hmm. and launched me into what I call self-help summer. (laughs) All right. And basically just consumed a lot of different, you know, not all necessarily self-help books, you know, but I would say like more mindset coaching type books. Yes. And 
I should give a shout out to Ryan Akins as well. He recommended one of these books that really set me down, you know, set me down this path of reading the other books as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to jump into those and then we'll jump into, I think I just want to uh, spend some time discussing some of the different mindset shifts that we've made that have been really helpful for us as we've run our business this year. And I would say, you know, the benefits extend beyond business, but we'll try to keep it focused kind of on business here. Mm -hmm. um, but I really do think that it's gotten us to a, a healthier place where, you know, we're really excited about the business and we're really excited about working with each other. And I, I should clarify too, this doesn't mean that we previously haven't been excited about the business or we haven't enjoyed working with each other. Right. You know? So I, I want to make sure that, that people understand that as well. But I do think that this is just like, I think to a certain extent has pushed us to dream again, mm -hmm. you know? So I want to talk a little bit about those things, but first the books. All right. <laughs> uh, and I want to, you've read a lot of these as well. So I want to talk to you a little bit about which one was your favorite? Uh, okay. But the books that I started with was The Gain and the Gap. Mm -hmm. All right. This is by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy. This is the book that my buddy Ryan recommended and really focuses on getting people to think about the gain, you know, how far they've come, what they have achieved versus the gap, which right. is that you out there that, you know, that standard that you think you should have achieved. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was, I mean, I think a lot clicked as I read this book. I read this book uh, heading on vacation at the beginning of the summer with you and the rest of your family. And I guess my family joined us down there as well. But yeah, and then that led me to read Who Not How, which is also by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy. Right. Talks about how a lot of problems aren't solved by understanding how to solve them, mm -hmm. right? But but figuring out who the who is that you need to get to help you to get to the next level, mm -hmm. right? That was really interesting. And then the last book that I read, again, by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy was 10X is Easier Than 2X. I thought this was most interesting of the three. I thought that the gain of the gap was the most helpful uh, for me personally. You know, there's some concepts in 10X uh, is easier than 2X that I'm just still not quite sure about, but I did think it was a really interesting book. And I do think it shifted some paradigms for me just in thinking about how effort, more effort doesn't necessarily mean, you know, greater results. You know, certainly mm -hmm. the effort you put into something, the additional effort you put into something to make it better doesn't necessarily mean proportional results. Right. You know? Yeah. You read all three of those. I did. Which one do you think was your favorite? I think that you would, I think it'd be easy to point this out knowing me who, not how. I think that my personality and my natural like nature is to try to do all of the things myself. And I've realized like in reading that book that I can actually get more done by asking like who could help me with this. And so I think since then I've gotten a lot better at delegating and I'm able to focus on the things that only I can do and that I enjoy doing and that other people do some of the things that maybe I don't enjoy doing or that maybe aren't my greatest strength. So like an easy way would be like video editing. We recently brought on or a contractor video editor to help us with some of our YouTube video editing. And I'm perfectly capable of video editing. I could do it, but he's better at it than I am. And he enjoys it more than I do. So that was like an easy, like I can give this to him and he can help us with that. And we get more done that way. Yeah. I will say you, you, I don't think you give enough, uh, yourself enough credit in this sphere. You know, I feel like you are very good at managing a team, you mm -hmm. know, and building a team, but you know, I do think there are some areas that you, you sometimes hold on to and think, oh, I have to, I have to be the one that, that does this. Right. To be fair, I think everybody is that. I certainly struggle with that a little bit too mm -hmm. and found Who Not How really helpful. Now, this next book is actually a series of like 
lectures. And so you could get this next book on Audible, but it's The Art of Exceptional Living by Jim Rohn, a business friend of ours, Brad Bizjack, who we're going to actually talk about here in a second. He recommended this book as a, his favorite book on mindset. And it is so good. Now, it is a little bit old school or it sounds a little bit old school. So once you start listening to it, give it a little while. But I think that once you give it a little while and you open your mind to, oh, you know, what what he has to say, mm -hmm. that you'll hopefully, at least like I did, really enjoy it. I love how he talks. You know, I love how he talks. You know, he has these lines is like, you know, choose to be all you can desire to be. Did you ever hear about a tree growing half as tall as it could? No, you know, just the way he talks. It's yeah. just so fun. Like Billy Graham style almost. I mean, like, like that's what I think of. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's, I think it's really good. You know, uh, he'll quote uh, the Bible once in a while. Some of how he understands those quotes, I think are questionable. But you know, it's, <laughs> it, I, he just, I think he just does a really, a really good job. I read Mind Your Mindset by Michael Megan Hyatt. Did not love that one as much. I thought it was interesting. I like a lot of Michael Hyatt's uh, resources, but you know, of the of the books that I read uh, this summer, I think the other ones I enjoyed a little bit more. And then we also went through Brad Bizjack, who we just mentioned, his mindset course. Mm -hmm. And that has been, again, really fun to go through together. It has. Well, we, we do it on our own and then we talk about it, like what we just have done. Yeah. I think it's been really eye opening for both of us to think about what our limiting beliefs are. And some of the things we'll talk about, I think in a minute, just like, like how, especially me, like I haven't, I realized I don't set big enough dreams. And one of the things that Brad said that really struck me was that setting big dreams moves us and causes us to take action. And I think that in 10X is easier than 2X. Dan Sullivan and Ben Hardy have like a similar, a similar thought, which is that in setting those big dreams and reaching for the major goals, you're going to grow more than if you had just set small goals. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's exactly right. I think if you're looking for, you know, a little bit more of, of what that means than that book, 10X is easier than 2X is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. What else in that course do you feel like really stood out to you? I think that he, one, another quote that I really liked was that we all have problems, that problems are gifts that we can grow from and that the only people who don't have problems are dead, which is kind of morbid to think about, but it just reassures me that like at all like we all have things that we're working on and we all have things that are challenges and that it's in how we face those challenges and grow from them that really changes us and changes our business. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that I really appreciate about the course is he didn't shy away from the different obstacles that are going to come up as you naturally move towards you know, rewiring your mind, mm -hmm. right? As you start thinking about ways that you can level up your mindset, you know, you're going to get pushback, right? You're just going to fall into thinking like, oh, those dreams are too big, or you're going to get discouraged along the way. Right. You, know, you might be really excited the day you write down the dreams, but a few days later, you know, something happens, you're not having a good day, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, one of the things that I appreciate about his course is that he faced those challenges head on and he talked about how to turn them into positives. Right. You know, and I think that's really the, probably the most powerful aspect of the course, because I think that there's a lot out there about setting big dreams and don't get me wrong. The course is really helpful in encouraging you to do so. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, you know, all those limiting beliefs, you know, all those things that we do, you know, maybe even just sort of subconsciously, mm -hmm. right. That, 
get in our own way. Mm -hmm. You know, those ways that those just the things we do to get in our own way. You know, how do we stop doing that? Right. Right. And so I think that's one of the things that's really stood out for me from his course. Yeah. And if you are interested in working on your mindset, he's actually, I think it's a free challenge coming up, right? That people can join. Yeah, absolutely. He has a free challenge coming up. You can sign up for it, I think, starting now. So mm-hmm. whenever this uh, podcast has been released, you can sign up for it. It's totally free to enter. I think it's like a five-day challenge. Mm-hmm. Go to the show notes, find the link, click on that and register. Right. Awesome. All right. Well, I want to talk about some of the practical things that we started doing that I think have helped us sort of, I don't know, adopt a new mindset, level right. up our mindset, right? One of the things that I think that we've both made more of a focus of is journaling. Mm -hmm. So what does your journaling routine look like? So I journal at night after I get the kids down and kind of get ready for bed. And I write a bit about my day. And then one thing that I started doing recently is writing three wins from the day. And this is something that they had mentioned in one of the Dan Sullivan, Ben Hardy books, writing three wins for the day and then three things that would make tomorrow win. And sometimes I do more than three wins for today. Like if it was just a really great day and there were things that I really enjoyed, like maybe I got to go on a nice walk or pray the rosary or have good kid time. I'll list those in addition to like the work things that I had set out to do that day but it helps me feel like I have made progress, especially on days where maybe I didn't feel like I made a lot of progress or a lot of things came up that kept me from getting to big goals. So writing down those wins has been helpful. And then it's also helpful to be intentional about how I'm going to go into the next day. Um, And I even do this on, on weekends, like on Friday night, I'll write down three things that would make Saturday a win. Yeah. And so those things aren't necessarily work things, you know, it might be like working painting staying off my phone, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That I think is why the gain in the gap was such a great book. You know, that activity in and of itself, if all I took away from the book was that activity, I think it would have been worth the read. Right. And I, you know, I have a tendency to do the same thing where maybe the day didn't go exactly how I planned it to go. And so I think, oh, what a waste. Right. Right. But there's always things in during the day, right. That have happened that make it where you've gained. Mm -hmm. Right. And so even if it's not, so sometimes I'll write down, you know, for tomorrow, these are the three wins. These are the three things that would have to happen to make it a win, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes the next day rolls around and those three things haven't happened for whatever reason, Right. but you're forced. The the activity is identify three wins from that day. Yes. And I can always find three things that, you know, were really important that day, you know, and maybe Mm -hmm. I didn't get to a work, you know, something work related because something came up with the kids, right? right? You know, the gift in that is that I got to spend a little extra time with my kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and working that out. And that's just as important, more important than, you know, whatever work activity it could have been. Right. So I love that. I do think to your point too, it really helps kind of set a vision for tomorrow, Mm -hmm. you know, and start thinking about like, what are those three things? The other thing that I like about that as well, it limits you to three things. I think, you know, sometimes we think we can get more done than we can actually get done, right? And this is just a generally psychological issue for a lot of people, right? Is that we typically think we can get more done than we can actually get done by saying, okay, what are the three most important things, you know, that are Mm -hmm. going to move the needle and writing those down? It's like, once those three things are over, then we have permission during our day to step back and go do something else. Right. And Dan Sullivan says like, if you do three good things a day, that's like, my, I don't remember the exact number. I'm not a mathematician, but that's over a thousand good things that you've done that year. Yeah. Like that's a, a lot of good things. 
And these are things that move the needle. These are not things that, these are not like go to the grocery store. Or answering emails. Yeah, yeah. So these are things that like are important tasks in your business of focusing on those. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think this ties into who, not how a little bit as well, because it's like those things that are just not needle movers, right? right? Are things that should be delegated. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that's one of my favorite aspects of journaling as well. You know, one of the things that I journal is, you know, I'll kind of answer the question, like, what am I feeling right now? And it just, again, going back to what I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, just kind of helps me untangle, you know, kind of whatever an emotional web that maybe I'm caught in at the end of the day. Right. Uh, and don't get me wrong, not caught in an emotional web at the end of every day. But, you know, if I have a lot on my mind, you know, a lot of stuff's happening at work, a lot of stuff's happening with the family, you know, whatever it is, that just helps me really get clear with myself. Okay, this is what I'm feeling. This is why I'm feeling this way. Mm -hmm. And I think it helps me better connect with you, especially, because I think, you know, you'll come to me and say, okay, hey, what's going on? I'll be like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, how am I supposed to know? know? And so it really helps me get clear on on what I'm feeling and why. And I'm better able to express it with you. And I think that leads to just more connection with you. So that's one of the questions. My journal questions uh, vary. You know, one of the another question that I really like to ask myself is like, what is the most important thing Mm -hmm. right now? You know, what the most important thing right now is almost never the thing that's stressing me out. And it's so that's a good perspective shift. right? Right. It's like, okay this thing that's stressing me out, it's not the most important thing, Mm -hmm. you know, but I'm treating it like the most important thing. Right. So that's a question that I like to work through as well, especially if I'm feeling uh, sort of anxiety or anxious about something. Mm -hmm. The second thing that I want to talk about, I think has been the most impactful thing this year. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to something that our mentor (laughs) (laughs) Um, has challenged us to think about. And I remember at the beginning of the year, you know, I was complaining. I'll just say it. I'll, I'm complaining about business and stuff and work and mm-hmm. uh, life stuff that I just felt like was not going my way and yada, yada, yada. And she just kind of looks at me and she goes, Davey, you know, what is the gift in all of this? And I'm like, what do you, what? You're not listening. You know? right. You're not listening to what I'm, what, what do you mean gift? Did you hear what I was saying? And she basically challenged me and said, there's always a gift in these issues. She basically was like, hey, listen, just just for a minute here, all right? If you had to identify a gift, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And so, what you know, when I took a step back and started thinking, okay, well, what is the gift in this, like in this anxiety that I'm feeling? You know, it's like, well, this business idea isn't working. Okay, what's the gift in that? Well, it's that now I have to think about other ideas, mm-hmm. you know, and this next idea that I think of, oh, well, that's, you know, that's actually a pretty good idea. That might work. That might be better than the initial idea I had, right? you know? So whatever it is, like there's always a gift there. And I think that has radically shifted my mindset. Yeah. I think that another like a way that we've learned or that has come up in our self-help summer um, has been (laughs) life happens for you versus life happens to you. I think that we first heard that in the book, The Gain and the Gap. And then Brad Bizjack also mentioned that in his course. And that's really changed my way of thinking. Like there was a day where I was driving the kids to school and I missed the turn because it was, you know, the second day of school and it took me an extra 10 minutes in to get to school. And I was thinking that I was just going to be so behind today. And I just thought like, well, like life happens for me, not to me. Like this is more time to talk to the kids in the car and spend with them and enjoy this beautiful drive. And it really didn't throw off my day. So yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's such a sort of trivial example, but you know what? But I know for you, I know for you, very type A, very organized. Right? <laughs> I felt really bad for yeah. missing for missing the turn, and I got them there right on time instead of like five minutes early. Yep, yep. And then you're the kind of person if you're not. If you're not early, Five minutes early you're, you're late. late. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, it's not my necessarily attitude. I but, know. But yeah, I think that, you know, that ties into what you're talking about. Life happens to you life ha- versus life happening for you. And I think this is something that I heard well before that book, but a lot of, you know, in a lot of conversations about manifesting. And I was like, I don't know, you know, so just general skepticism about it. But I do think that a focus on, you know, what is a gift in any given situation? There's always a gift. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just radically transformed kind of how I think about things. And even in suffering, you know, thinking about like the summer was really hard because you were going through some different medical stuff. Mm-hmm. So thinking through more challenging situations like that mm-hmm. and what the gift is in that, you know, and that wasn't easy, but we did end up getting to spend some more time together. You know, it's an opportunity for me to take care of you and, you know, there's a lot that you taught me, I think, in, you know, how you manage your pain and your suffering. Mm-hmm. So I think even in, you know, really dark times, that has helped me, I don't know, just stay positive. Right. Anyways, I wish there was like, sometimes I feel like it sounds a little cheesy, but- I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Something else that I think I've learned, and this is a, a, over the course of many years, but I think it's worth mentioning, as somebody who is, I think, a high anxiety person, mm-hmm. you know, I think I'm just like naturally a high anxiety person. I think I've probably been that way since towards the end of high school. And so that's something I've always kind of struggled with. Mm-hmm. And I think I've made a lot of improvement over the, you know, what, almost 15 years that we've been married. But I think that action is the best antidote for anxiety. Mm -hmm. Realizing that inaction won't change anything. Action might not change anything, but it might. And so what do you mean by action? Are you meaning like if I'm anxious about this work task, I should just go ahead and do it instead of just being anxious about it? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I would say, you know, just on like surface level, Mm -hmm. just going and doing something is, you know, can really help get rid of anxiety, Mm -hmm. whatever that is. It could be a work task, like that work task that you really don't want to do, just starting, Mm -hmm. you know, I find often improves my anxiety. You know, one of the things that I found though is like when I'm thinking about anxiety, if I want to change my mind, Mm -hmm. uh, I change my body, all right? So if you want to change your mind, change your body. And what I mean is like, go do something. Like Mm -hmm. I find that if I'm anxious about, if, you know, I can't get something out of my head, going for a run, going to lift weights, going to do some sort of activity, like pickleball. <laughs> okay. It helps me, I think, you know, it helps relieve some of that anxiety. It just like kind of burns off some of that emotional energy, right? Mm-hmm. And then same thing with like, you know, if you're struggling just to get up and do anything, like changing your mind, mm-hmm. you know, and saying, okay, I want to be the kind of person that, you know, works out every day, even if they don't feel like it or right. whatever. And you know, those sorts of little mental tweaks, I think really helped. But at the end of the day, I just have found that action is the best antidote for anxiety. Right. Next one, who, not how. And just the idea that we talked about earlier where I don't need to do it all myself. Yes. I don't know if there's much else to say about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that that's just a a lesson that we have relearned over and over and over again. I think to a certain extent, it's something that everybody relearns. You know, Mm -hmm. I think there's always things that we'll take on in business that we think, oh, we always will have to be the ones that do this uh, specific task. 
but eventually we're able to delegate it to somebody else mm -hmm. uh, and move on to, you know, other tasks. I think recently, you know, we brought on a new team member, uh, Adriana, she's done a fantastic job. And there's just things that I thought, oh, well, I'll, I will always really have to be the one that's doing this, right. you know, but she's demonstrating that. No, actually you're not always going to be the one that has to do these things. She does them really well, you yeah. know, and it's so helpful. Yes. Right. So I think it's just one of those things that you should always be challenging yourself to see what you can get off of your plate, not mm -hmm. just for the sake of getting things off your plate, but like, are there more important or are there bigger tasks or bigger projects that you should be spending your time on? Mm -hmm. You know, what are the things holding you back from doing those and can they be delegated? Right. Next one, dreams. Are they realistic or are they dreams? And so we mentioned this a little bit when we talked about our learnings from Broad Biz Jack, but that big dreams like get us moving. Yeah. And I think one of the things about big dreams is they get you excited again. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw something, I forget who it was. I think it was uh, Clay Hebert in on Instagram. He shared something about morning routines. Mm -hmm. You know how I like a good morning routine. Yes. But one of the things I think he was talking about something he learned from a friend and it was basically like, it doesn't really matter what your morning routine looks like if it doesn't get you excited for the day. Right. You know, And that really struck me. Right. It's like, I think that sometimes I have a tendency to think, oh man, if my morning routine doesn't go right, you mm -hmm. know, like my day's not going to go right. And that's not really the point of the morning routine. It shouldn't be legalistic like that, where right. I have to check every box. What it should be doing is getting me excited for the day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think big dreams help you get excited about work. Right. Right. And so that's, I think, what I found. And being able to sit down and do that with you since we run the business together, right, has... I think really helped in that respect. We had very different big dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, well, you know, I guess maybe in specifics, but like not not really for the business, right? Not like, for the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it is funny. We do, we, just, <laughs> we do have very different big dreams. Mine includes a beach somewhere. But anyways, uh, <laughs> you know, it also, this is, I think, something you mentioned. It's okay to fail. Mm -hmm. And that- yeah, that I think in setting those big dreams and like reaching for bigger goals, you have to know that you're going to fail along the way. And that if you're not failing, you're probably not reaching far enough or big enough or dreaming big enough. Yeah, I think that's an important point to make. Do you feel like this is something you struggle with specifically? Being afraid to fail? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess everybody struggles with it. I think there's definitely areas where I struggle with that. I also think though that, for so many things, I just believe in like getting started and doing it. And mm -hmm. over time, you're going to get better. You know, like this podcast, it's like, I had no idea what I was doing back in 2018 or whatever. Right. 200 episodes later, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'm not sure I, I have, I, I know what I'm doing, but I think it just helps. You know, it's like, you have to do all of those. You have to write all those bad blog posts to get to good blog posts. Right. right? So anyways, I think those are just some of the mindset shifts that we have made over the course of the last year even. I hope that they're helpful to you. If you are interested in focusing on a mindset, I would highly recommend checking out Brad Bizjack's five-day free challenge where he will help you rewire your mind. And we have actually taken his course. We have. And we've really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And especially me, I think you, you were the one that really encouraged us to dive in. Mm -hmm. And I was, again, a little skeptical, talked about the reasons why but have really enjoyed it as well. And I think we've gotten a lot out of doing this together. We have. Um, and I think it's just helped us open new doors in our business and in our lives as well. So definitely check that out. Information on that can be found in the show notes. We'll also include the links to the books that we mentioned. Yeah, all the resources that we mentioned, you can find those in the show notes as well. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Thank you all for joining us. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands of Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, and sharing this episode with others. For show notes and other resources, head on over to DavianKrista.com.